0: Okay, one of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer is uh and lead us not into temptation. What is this about? Okay. Well let's go ahead and take a look at the Lord's Prayer. It is in Matthew six. So if you've got a copy of the scriptures or on your phone or if you still do hard copy, you can uh you can do that. So Matthew six uh uh, Jesus is instructing his disciples how to pray, and uh, he says, as we just heard, um, Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one, or as we say in the traditional language, lead us not into temptation. Um, I'm going to quickly check to see how that's written in Luke 11. That's the other version. There's two versions of the Lord's Prayer and I'm going to see if the language is different. Um, okay. In, in Luke 11, verse 4, it says, do not bring us to the time of trial. And, um, uh, in Matthew 6, verse 13, it says, do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. All right. So, and the question is, what is this about? So, um, so, uh, what is it about? The, uh, the, the disciples, Jesus, in context, what's going on is Jesus has been explaining um, how how to pray as as he would have us pray, as opposed to the, the the popular styles of prayer that were going on at the time. So he's told people uh, to do it in private, not expecting any kind of reward from from your friends or family. So you pray in a way that that God is the one who you're concerned with rewarding you. And he says, don't pile up a heap of uh, prayers, the way the Gentiles do. He says, uh, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he says specifically pray in this way and then gives the Lord's prayer. And in it, he says, do not bring us to the time of trial. So uh, the first thing I would take from this, uh, I'm not sure if this is the meaning or not, but it's a meaning for me, is the, um, oh, I should have had Rich read it. It's Rich, Rich's question. So the next person, I'll have them come up and read it. It gives me more time to think. Um <laughs> So, uh, so the um, the, uh, uh, the 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 first thing I would take away from this this uh, passage is that uh, is that God answers prayers that He's encouraging us. He knows that uh, He has told us in John uh, in, in um, the the great discourse that John gives uh, that Jesus records uh, is uh, gives and is recorded in John chapters thirteen through seventeen. Uh, Jesus says, "In this world, you will have." Uh, tribulation. You will have troubles. You will have trials. And so in the one hand, he's telling us there's going to be these things in, in our lives. But he also tells us here we can pray to be delivered from them. So uh, he he says that, that we may take courage in that in that other passage. He says, take courage because I've overcome the world. So the first thing is he's, he's giving us permission. He's not saying um, suck it up, uh, shake it off, um, live with it. Um, it is going to happen. But he's saying, you have permission to, to, uh, to ask for a release from temptation, uh, from, from trial. Um, uh, and, and so, uh, we, we have the, we have the freedom to kind of dump that problem into God's lap and say, I don't know how much is enough. Um, we do have assurances in Scripture, uh, uh, that we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear. So, so it, when he says, um, when he says uh, do not bring us to the time of trial uh, that that serves some purpose of god uh, oftentimes we see in scripture the words for uh, the time of trial the time of testing the time of of uh evaluation is is used in languages that that's um uh used by um i don't know metallurgy uh, there there's a, there's a process where when you take a piece of ore you burn it in order to refine it. So we've, we, you know the song, Refiner's Fire, My Heart's One Desire. Um, the idea there is that sometimes God can use the troubles in our lives to refine us, to make us better. But at the same time, um, uh, we don't always know why that is or when that is. And so Jesus says, w- there are these other passages of Scripture that say, that say, um, you're not going to get more than you can bear. And it may serve a purpose that this may be something that God is dealing with in your life um, to, to refine us, to make us better than we are. And yet, despite that, even with, you know, even with these kind of good, good reasons, Jesus says we have permission to say to God, Hey, don't bring me to the time of trial. So I think that what, what that does is it gives us freedom to say to, say to God, I don't know how much of this I can deal with. It's a way of giving back to God the problem and say, you know me, you know what you're trying to achieve here, but I don't think I can take any more. And I think that that's really what, what uh, uh, Jesus is giving us permission to do in this passage. So, uh, I was tempted to take the basket over and skim through them and find a good one. But, uh, so, okay. So, uh, Tim... So this is why we make them read them aloud. Because if they start giggling, then we know it's uh, it's for devious purposes. So, all right, Tim did it without giggling. So I'll, I'll take this seriously. So um, the passage here. This is the story of uh, of uh, the garden before the fall. Chapter two of Genesis is the story of the first humans. Uh, God has made a, a human uh, a human being called Adam, and uh, there is in this garden. There's uh, no companion. So God uh makes uh brings all of the different animals uh before God and says to Adam uh, what do you think and Adam gives them a name and from then on whenever whatever name Adam gave them uh that is its name but there was no suitable helper for for um uh God uh for for the for the human being so uh God put the man to sleep um and he slept and then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh And the rib uh, that God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This at last is the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So um, this is setting up in part, this verse is setting up the next chapter where one of the first things that happens after the, the fall, uh, the the man and the woman, or the man, and presumably the woman, uh, were instructed by God not to uh, eat from the fruit of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, but they do in chapter three. So partly the writer is just setting that up so we'll understand something that's going to happen in chapter three, because when they when they uh, read uh, w- when they eat the um, the fruit, it says. Um, it tells us that uh, then the eyes of the both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So uh, there is this idea that that as part of this fallenness of, of of the human condition that occurs in chapter three, when when the the man and the woman disobey God, there is a spoiling of this perfect idyllic situation where they used to be naked and unashamed, and now they are ashamed. So they make clothes out of fig leaves, and then later on, God gives them clothes out of out of uh, animal skins. So, so it's partly setting that up, but I think it's also telling us something about the nature of of the the union that God God's will for people, uh, God's desire is that people can be intimate. The word intimate means um, unafraid. Though the word, tameo, uh, is is the word that has to do with a fear. And so to be intimate is to be unafraid. So um, I think I think uh, we we have known people who have uh, better marriages and people who have worse marriages. And one of the things that we see often in people who have better marriages is that there is um, uh, a shared understanding, a shared a shared. Um, uh, there aren't there aren't little uh, uh, carved out areas. There aren't compartments. There are none of you know. I'm not talking about like a man cave, but maybe, maybe a man cave is part of it. Um, but, but the idea is that there's a piece of my life that's not your, your business. Um, and, and we have to ask ourselves, what's behind that? What is, what is, what is the, um, what is the, uh, the, the, the forces, the psychology behind the idea that there's a part of my, my life that is none of your business, uh, even if you are my, my lifetime partner. You're, you're the person uh, that I have united myself to, or that God has united to me. Um, wh- what is what is behind that? Why why is that? And the answer from Scripture is um, not because God thought that that was a good way for unions to be. That that God's desire is that we can find people that we can be utterly open and ourselves before. Um, essentially, the only you know, it, if let, let's suppose you're a Suppose you're a paroled criminal, okay? Uh, 20 years ago, you did something very terrible, you served your time, you paid your debt to society, and you've somehow managed to deal with the guilt, but you're, uh, you move to a new state, you move to Alaska, make a new life, and your spouse doesn't know that part about you. Then in your head, um, part, of, part of that, that psychology of, of this little place that's only mine, and I'm not going to share that, part of that is, they wouldn't love me if they knew. And so the idea here is that because because they are innocent, because they haven't done anything wrong, they can be fully known to the other person. They can be accepted in totality, not just partially. And the other person can love them completely. Uh, you You can only feel as loved as you are known. As long as there's parts of you that are secret, you don't know uh, there's actually a piece of us that is always saying to ourselves yeah but they wouldn't love me if they knew about this part here so i think what the scriptures are really telling us is that is that it is god's intention for the union between a man and a a, a, a man and a woman to be uh, completely without those kind of of um barriers to intimacy uh completely without any fear that they wouldn't love me if only they knew about that one piece of me. So it's this idea of total openness. I keep looking at the wrong person. I'm still looking at Rich, even though I know who gave me this question. So, <laughs> so, um, so I think that that's what's at work here, partly to set up where where things go from here, but also partly to show God's desire for a loving relationship is to be completely, to completely, um, um, uh, total, and thus uh uh to, to provide confidence about the totality of the love. So all right.